October 16, 2018, Robert Miller of Pennsylvania, a man with $130 to his name, got himself an axe and used it to break into Forrest Finn's home. Santa Fe police say they got a call about a burglary at Forrest Fenn's home. Okay, All right, walk forward, sir. When officers got to the house on Friday, they found Robert Miller. Cross your feet. Oh, I can't do that. This is a news report from an Albuquerque station that covered the incident when it happened. This news report included footage from the body cam of the arresting officer. I can't. I have a bad shoulder. Please don't. Uh, okay. Ah! I thought the poem directed me into here. I thought it said poem. Yeah, the, the treasure map, the treasure hunt. You know. See, so you came on the property because of a poem. Are you serious? Yeah. You weren't here to break into anything. I was taking that box of clothes right there, like the poem said. I mean, here's the thing, man. That's that's a burglary, dude. I thought I had it figured out. As Robert was led towards the police car, he saw Forrest Fenn's daughter, who had arrived on the scene at this point, and asked her the one question that we all want to know the answer to. Isn't there a treasure? I'm sorry? Isn't there a treasure? Clearly, this dude is downright obsessed with the treasure. Searchers run the gambit, from people who look for it casually while they're on a vacation in the Rockies with their family, all the way to people who look for the treasure on a full-time basis as their job. Once again, here is our friend Dale, who runs a blog that is the preeminent source of all information related to the Forest Fen treasure search. Generally, the searching community is a community, and we do things. We get together once a year for this, uh, this event called the Fenbury, which is held at Hyde State Park near Santa Fe, so that Forrest can come to it. And he has, in the past, come every year to it. And, and of course, that sort of galvanizes the crowd. They all gather around Forrest and ask questions and have him sign, his, sign books and, and sign napkins and anything else they can. My wife, Blair, accompanied me to Fenbury in 2019. <laughs> and what's at Hyde Memorial Park? Um, that is where Fenbury 2019 is gathering. What's Fenbury, Blair? To my knowledge, Fenbury is a gathering, an annual gathering of searchers who share the common belief that the treasure is in fact real and it is uh, buried and that it can be found by breaking down Fen's poem. Happened to meet a guy named Tom at a poker room. This is Mike, who's gambling on the Fen treasure. We were, we were playing, and uh, he happened to mention that he was going out for this treasure. And uh, pretty much, uh, I volunteered to go out and uh, help him with this. He's been on the, the journey for five years. Tom is a full-time searcher. Yeah, so you haven't actually looked for the treasure yet. That starts tomorrow. Okay. I wanted to know what Mike thought of the other searchers. I think uh, it's interesting. The it draws a, a variety of people: the crazies, the intelligent, the uh, adventurous. I asked Mike, this wide-eyed 19-year-old, what the weirdest thing he'd experienced as a part of this search had been thus far. Um, 
honestly, just hearing uh, people's like very skewed and like uh, <laughs> warped uh, perceptions of where the treasure is, and uh, you know, there's only one po- one possible place it, it can be. But um, just hearing how like you know they come up with their conclusions and and all that good stuff is uh, pretty crazy. What I really wanted to know is what made Mike, a bright and seemingly realistic guy, drop it all and leave Florida and head to New Mexico on a whim. Um, the journey, the journey. I mean, I've been through a lot of states, made it this far, and um, also the the solving a genius's codex puzzle. You know. It's 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 fun. It's very fun. But um, with that being said, sometimes get doubts because uh, <laughs> like I said, the crazies are right next to you spewing their craziness. And to get to this treasure, you have to be decently a little bit off your rocker to put everything together and to stop your life to go search for this treasure. You know. But um. But yeah, it it's it's all about the adventure man it's all about the the experience that's what we're doing as humans on this earth you know experience would you say you're off your rocker nah 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 in fact uh after talking to some of these people i kind of like self-analyzed and was like man what the hell am i doing here like you know like man am i I crazy like quick self uh, self self-analysis like but um no if if all the pieces fit, you know, you can't can't deny it. I wanted to know what this kid's family thought about his decision to pursue the treasure. If I'd done this when I was nineteen, I imagine my family would have had me put under a fifty one fifty. Honestly, uh <laughs> I mean I didn't tell them anything. Oh. I just they don't know where I'm at. They just not like not they're not like looking for me or anything, but like yeah, they just think I'm working and living the Florida life. After I talked to Mike, I needed to talk to his searching partner, Tom. Yeah. How'd you first hear about it? I saw something online. I think I'm a well, I'm a metal detector enthusiast, and I saw a little ad or something or a YouTube video uh, back in 2014, I think, or 13. And I thought, yeah, right, some guy hit a treasure, sure, you know. And so I just went back to my busy work in life. And then a couple of years later, I was very disgruntled with what I, I was doing, the situation I was in at work, and I was getting sick, you know, physically sick from uh, the thought of even going into work. And I said, you know, I prayed, earnest prayer. I said, God, I really need an out here, you know. But the, the job paid pretty good, so I wasn't willing to part with it, you know. So it had to be something good. And then I uh, came across another video or something about Forrest Fenton. I got reintroduced to it, and I listened to the man speak. And I said, you know what, I think this guy's straight up. I, 
I really believe he hid this chest. And uh, so I, I listened to the poem and I started meditating on the poem and praying for answers on the poem and some things just started flowing and going and uh, I started connecting the dots and boom, I was in. And then I quit my job. I got so excited. I said, hey, you know, this thing's gonna require most of my attention. So let me just go all in. And I was sick of the job anyway. So I saw this is my out. I just gotta make it work. You know, I gotta finish finish well and I believe I'm close. Tom isn't a rarity. There are numerous full-time searchers who center their whole lives on their pursuit of the Fen treasure. I wanted to understand Tom's rationale. Of course, if it was just based on luck and chance, but it's not. There's an actual plan and he left a, a path to his knowledge in the poem. And, uh, if you can decipher that, it'll lead you to the chest. And how, how much time have you spent? Mm. <laughs> well, now uh, I probably have over, I don't know, nine or 10,000 hours in, in the uh, mental aspects of it, you know, uh, uh, thinking and brainstorming and armchairing, uh, armchair searching, and then probably well over uh, uh, a thousand hours or 2,000 hours uh, boots on the ground. So about 2,000 hours or better, yeah. So I've done nine expeditions. This, this is my ninth expedition, but this time I moved here. I just left my stuff in storage, bought an RV, sold my house, and came out here to finish. So I'm here. I arrived yesterday, this time for my ninth expedition, and hope to be finishing soon. I feel uh, Forrest must be getting, he's a very patient man, because I should have already had it, you know, because I don't think there's any reason why. I haven't as far as having the tools I need. Tom is a true believer. When I talked to him about Fen and the treasure, he seemed to weave much of his Christian faith into his beliefs about the treasure, which was hard to follow even for me, a fellow Christian. Believe, you know, I really think, I don't think anybody's gonna find it if they don't believe. First of all, that it exists and, you know, a lot of people come at it with the the line of thought that Forrest is trying to trick them and I don't think that's ever the case. I think he's trying his best to tell everybody where it's at without giving it away. And so I've, I've always had faith in that and uh, of course faith in God to give me the right answers. <laughs> so One is more important than the other. Yeah, the neat experience anyway. It's a, it's a good uh, experiment in faith real living faith you know and I, I felt for a long time even though there have been ups and downs you know, there have been some pretty low points I spent a lot of money probably 50,000 now uh, in all these hours of my life doing this and it's been an exciting thrilling beautiful adventure but uh, there are times where you have your lows you know when you, you, you start to uh, think about the possibility of you never finding the chest how that could become a reality that you might never find it, you know. So, and then I have to overcome that. So it's, it's a test of faith, you know. So never stay in the in the doldrums too long. Gotta shake it off and get back to believing, you know. So that's where I'm at with it. Went to several other places and each time I thought I was on it for sure. And then after that, I thought it's gonna take more research. So I spent more and more time studying, especially during the winter. 
and I think most of these folks could get a degree with the time they spent on the research. <laughs> but that's a good thing. It keeps them focused. This is Jerry who looks for the treasure as a hobby. He brought along a sign from Yellowstone where Ben used to camp to have him sign. So I kept bugging the campground host and that's what Forrest was signing. So that meant a lot to me too. It's just something I'll hang in my shop, but it's, it's a neat memento because it was an old, old sign. It'd been there quite a while, probably the time when he was there. The searchers were a ragtag group of lovable weirdos. They were our kind of people. Again, the group has a very salt of the earth vibe. At 29 and 32, my wife and I were amongst the youngest adults there. The crowd was decidedly baby boomer. There were raffles, games, food, and beer to partake in. The conversations were all about failed solves and new schemes to find the treasure. After meeting many characters, thunder started and so did the rain. A bit later, a commotion began amongst the searchers. It appeared that the man, the myth, the legend was going to arrive shortly. Uh, well, Forrest got there with his grandson who dropped him off, who looks a lot like him. I think he's, I'm guessing he's probably in his mid-30s, maybe early 30s. Um, seemed very friendly, but dropped him off. It was raining and actually hailing um, when, when he got dropped off, and so one of the leaders of the organization uh, was panicked to find an umbrella for him, but did find a coat. Um, to carry over his head so that he didn't get wet. Um, but he didn't seem to mind. He seemed very comfortable outside. And So anyway, he came into the pavilion and um, got lots of hugs um, from a lot of the lady searchers. Um, he was very well received, and he seemed to recognize a lot of the people there, a lot of the searchers. Lots of hugs, lots of good to see yous. Um, but we were told he'd been there the night before. Uh, at the campfire, so maybe he recognized him from the night before. So anyway, he had been there for a while, um, and he was wearing pretty much the only thing I've ever seen him wear in any photos, which I found very amusing, because you know how cartoon characters have the exact same thing on every single time you see them? Yes. That was my experience with Forrest Fenn. He was wearing the denim collar jacket with the, uh, the tall brown cowboy hat that didn't have any kind of like decoration on it, um, yeah, he looked, he looked like he's looked in every single <laughs> interview photo I've seen him. Um, except I think he did have some kind of hearing aid, hearing assistant device. He was the sole focus of almost all of the attendees, except for the small group of dogs that were also there. A long line formed where every searcher wanted to meet the man who had started it all. So yeah, he had been there for a while hanging out. You went off to do interviews um with some of the searchers and i was just chatting with other searchers and getting to know them and their dogs which was really fun and uh and it's safe to say that access to forest then was pretty hard because lots of people wanted to talk to him correct yeah there were there were most of the time there was a line to see him i mean you may you know only a few minutes or whatever he was there long enough that anyone who wanted to see him could have um, but he was kind of moving around quite a bit, even though he's 90, he was, he was getting up and walking around and picking other seats. So, yeah. People were kind of waiting to see him. Yeah. Yeah. And 
what happened, honey? Uh, well, I was I was chatting with um, a friend of ours actually who joined us. Um, she she's been on a, a solve herself, and she's a backpacker. And so Val and I were just chatting, and Forrest came up to say hello to us. And uh, he introduced himself, and I said my name was Blair, and he told me that's a boy's name. Uh, and I told him that was no accident, that my parents did that on purpose. And uh, you were there. I was. You had walked up, just as that happened. And Val said, well, let me get a picture of, of you three together, referring to you, me, and Forrest. And Forrest said, no, I want a picture with the ladies, or something like that. And he handed the camera to you <laughs> so that he could take a picture of me and Val. Yeah. <laughs> How would you characterize Forrest Fenn? What was you? Oh, he was very sweet and very friendly. Um, he hugged us real big and made a joke about, you know, squeezing the cute girls in real tight. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Would you call him flirty? I mean, yeah, but not like, you know, not like actually, it didn't, it didn't feel inappropriate or anything. I don't know. I didn't feel uncomfortable at all. No, I didn't say you would feel uncomfortable. Yeah, no. <laughs> he was very comfortable with me, though. <laughs> he did, he did touch my hair. He did touch my hair. Um, yeah. And then he looked to you and he said, this is great. I, th- I guess he was talking about my hair. And then I said that you were my husband, and uh, and he said you're so much better than him, though. <laughs> After Fenbury and meeting Fen himself, I'm left with even more questions. For many of the searchers, this is their community. Being at Fenbury felt a lot more like being at church, except that people are coming together over their shared faith in the existence of a treasure rather than their shared faith in the existence of God. The bonds between the searchers are genuine and enviable. That all being said, after seeing Fen in action, his motives only came more into question. Fen came across like a rock star or a showman, not a sincere treasure-bearing prophet of the outdoors. If I doubt his character, as I do, Proving the existence of the treasure in a court of law is a tough sell. Where the Treasure Lies is written and hosted by me, Michael Figati. All of our music is original and composed by Josue Adams. Our producers are Blair Figati and Josue Adams. We have a special thanks to Christian Makoto Hancock. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get yours. And most importantly, if you have any information about Forrest Fenn or his treasure, please reach out to us via email at treasurepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.